Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So the story, um, you've probably heard it. It's been all over the news today, especially in uh, Hockey Mad Canada. Um, the Flyers last night held Pride Night. Every team does it. The Oilers are doing it March 25th, I believe. Um, and, and basically what it is, is during the pregame skate, uh, teams typically have a Pride-themed jersey, some sort of rainbow motif on their warm-up jerseys. Um, they use Pride tape, a lot of them. Um, but last night, one player... Uh, Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov declined to join the team on the ice for warm-ups. Um, he decided to stay in the dressing room rather than put on the jersey and go out and take part in what happened yesterday. And uh, his uh, his reason for that, the reason he said he did it, just because of his religious beliefs. This was his comment after the game. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like, I would answer those. So he said, uh, I respect everybody. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. His coach, John Tortorella, uh, after the game said, with Provi, he's being true to himself and to his religion. This has to do with his belief and his religion. That's one thing I respect about Provi. He's always true to himself. So that's where we're at with that. I will note that John Tortorella, back during the take-a-knee days, said that if any one of his players took a knee, he'd bench them. So um, it depends what belief you're standing up for, I think, when it comes to Coach John Tortorella, because, uh, well, that's pure hypocrisy, if not. Uh, 780-496-0063-403-974-8255. A lot of text already coming in. I want to chat with Dr. Christopher Wells, who has been deeply involved in this very topic. Um, uh, Dr. Wells is the Canada Research Chair for the Public Understanding of Sexual and Gender Minority Youth at McEwen University, but is also heavily involved in hockey and pride around hockey. So, Dr. Wells, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. My pleasure. So, yeah, you've been you've been intimately involved in sort of bringing this pride movement to hockey. You created Pride Tape. So tell us about the work you've done and why you think the recognition of pride by the NHL is important. Well, it, it's certainly been uh, a long time coming, and um, you know, for for many decades here in in Edmonton, we have been uh, trying to get uh, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, you know, involved in uh, supporting pride and 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 uh, reaching out to the 2S LGBT community. And I can tell you, in the the early days, uh, there was there was no interest, and in fact, we met with a lot of resistance and and homophobia and we had to wait for uh, not only the leadership to change but uh, for societal attitudes to change and you know back in uh, 2016 we created the concept of uh, pride tape and and it was really about um, uh, having players wrap their sticks with rainbow colored hockey tape to um, show um, inclusion not only you know to players to fans um, to uh, coaches and the entire community, because what we knew what was because of the you know the sometimes the, the toxic and homophobic atmosphere of 
of the hockey and the locker room in particular, many young people were dropping out of, of uh, hockey because they didn't feel safe and they didn't feel included. And so, you know, we reached out to the then captain at the time, Andrew Ference, and, you know, that very first role of Pride Tape, he brought into the locker room and he said to, uh, you know, his teammates, this is what it's about and I hope you'll join me with using it right he didn't force it on anybody and but he made it uh, available and um you know the rest is sort of as we say is history now every team in the national hockey league uses pride tape and 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 sports teams and leagues all around the world and it's always been about a message of inclusion and and you're right it has spread uh, like wildfire throughout the league and and every single team has a pride night every single team has the pride tape and they wear the pride jerseys how important is that i mean we talk so much about the culture of hockey and how we're trying we've all seen a million commercials about hockey is for everyone hockey is for everyone so i mean that message how important is the players actually embracing the pride movement um what does that mean yeah, you know, the message is really important and it's, and it's aspirational. We know we're not there yet. We know actually hockey doesn't include uh, everyone and that we have a lot of work to do, but it's about building momentum. And as we like to say with cry tape, you know, wrapping your stick is just the first step. You know, what's more important is the conversation that it begins to engender because that's how you know, social change happens. It happens through education. It happens through, you know, the safe spaces to have conversations to, you know, uh, challenging stereotypes and misinformation and, and prejudice. But, you know, from the early days, we knew not everyone was going to support the message, right? And mm. so we focused on the allies, those people who were who were ready, who wanted to get educated and, and put our energies and support behind them because we know that's what builds uh, a movement. I think in this case with the Philadelphia Flyers, what you know we're not talking about is that the majority uh, of the players, all but one, wore the jersey and were happy to wear the jersey and to get out and support the night. I think that's a major uh, accomplishment. Because yeah. I can tell you when we first started this, that wasn't the case. No, and there's a couple of Flyers players, captains, who have actually gone above and beyond. They actually got involved with LGBTQ groups in Philly and invite a bunch of them to games all the time. So they're not, they're not just paying lip service and putting on a jersey. They're actually going out there and building those bridges that you talk about. Yeah, and that, that's really, really important. And I think something we really want to emphasize is, you know, is uh, this work isn't just about, you know, putting on a, a, you know, rainbow tape on your stick or wearing a yeah. pride jersey. It's about meaningfully connecting with the community and inviting the community in and using our privilege and our platform to amplify these messages of, you know, inclusion, acceptance and, and human rights. And there is going to always be, you know, resistance to this. Um, otherwise, you know, we wouldn't need to have a pride exactly. night or we would need pride tape. So, I mean, a lot of talk about Provorov and whether the, you know, a lot of people saying the Flyers shouldn't have let him play if he didn't want to wear the jersey and he didn't want to take part in the warm-up, he shouldn't have played. You're taking an opposite approach. I found it pretty interesting saying, you know what, we don't want people just throwing on the jersey. We, we, we want allies showing up to support us, not just people going through the motions, right? That's important. Real allies. And, and you know, I think what it, I always go back to that famous quote by Maya Angelou, who's, who once said, you know, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time, right? And I'd much rather know where, you know, Provorov and others stand on the issue. And, you know, then we can make, you know, choices. The Flyers can ultimately now decide, is 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 this somebody that they want to have on their team? And teammates can decide that as well. You know, hockey can be a, 
a very uh, you know close knit family about what happens you know in that that locker room and uh, um, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what the fallout is now that um, you know we know uh, Provorov's values and beliefs. Well, I mean, th- th- it's already been announced by some of the captains that there'll be further conversations with them to have this discussion. I, I guess in in light of the larger thing, and I'm and I'm really focused on trying to this initiative that I think the NHL talks about. And we see examples of okay, it's all we, we we hear this message of inclusivity, we hear this message of diversity, but when push comes to shove, the league just sort of doesn't. I don't know if you can enforce it, Chris. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, what? Yeah. How heavy-handed should the league be involved in here? Like you said, you don't want to try and force people into, uh, you know, if that's who they are, that's who they are. Yeah, well, I think it just shows the, the importance uh, of these kinds of campaigns and initiatives and of the importance of putting more resources behind, you know, education. We're never going to change everyone's right. mind. You know, the locker room is just like any other, you know, workplace that you or I work in. There's people we're going to agree with or disagree, you know, uh, with as well. And particularly for the NHL, when we're bringing people from all kinds of different cultures and countries from uh, around the world, we're going to have, you know, this this collision uh, of values, but um, I think, you know, maybe maybe it says we need to, uh, you know, double down on uh, the work of inclusion, and you know, maybe maybe uh, the Flyers hold two Pride Nights in the year, right? Mm-hmm. That you know, it doesn't have to be one time. It doesn't have to just be one event. In fact. You know, we need to infuse this in everything that we do. And, and maybe the player says, you know what, this is just, this isn't going to be the right team for me. And, uh, maybe, you know, I need to go somewhere else. Um, do we sort of lose any momentum we may have been built by focusing on this? It's one individual, Chris. I mean, Pride Nights have been going on for a long time. And I'm sure there's players who put on the jersey when they didn't necessarily feel like they were an ally or had any interest in being an ally. But this is the first time we've seen one NHL player um, openly push back against this diversity movement. Are we paying too much too attention to it? Yeah, you know, and I uh, I think it's positive, right? It's it's allowing us to have this conversation about, you know, what else needs to happen in in hockey. How far have we come? You know, what work left is left uh, to be uh, done? Uh, you know, it's it's a flashpoint for us to uh, you know look at hockey culture, and I think all of this discussion is is really uh, important. But it's important that you know we not lose sight that you know we are moving forward, and I think the fact that we're paying so much attention to this. Is, is actually a testament to that. Um, and as you say, the initiatives continue with every other team around the league. They're still happening, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really going to uh, um, have teams look at um, what they're doing. In fact, uh, you know, we know uh, overnight the orders for Pride Tape have, uh, you know, gone through the roof. And okay. so people are are saying, you know, more rainbows, more support. Um, we need to get more serious about the message and we need to, um, you know, live it out not only on Pride Night, but all the other nights. Chris, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time as always. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.